Welcome, everyone, to THPS Podcast, episode number 33. Hey, thanks for stopping by, hanging out with us, joining us. Uh, we sure appreciate it. We appreciate your support. Uh, as we always say, there are there are thousands of entertainment options out there, and the fact that you guys take a, a moment to come and hang out with us is really appreciated. Thank you so much. At this time, I'd like to welcome uh, in the green and uh, chartreuse uh uh, chartreuse cargo camos i'd like to welcome my co-host freddie good evening everybody i'm hoping everybody's ready for another deep dive into in classic old school tony hawks pro skater player Absolutely. Yeah, we're excited about our guest today. Um, we'll, we'll, we, we're, we will introduce and welcome him in just a second. You can see his name on the screen. But uh, at any rate, hey, we just ref- we, we just reached affiliate status on Twitch. So thank you all for your support. I never expected that. It was nothing we hoped for. But uh, there's a couple of fun emotes uh, that you can play with in the chat now. I don't know if it's – I don't know exactly how it works because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, but you can kind of see him. Um, so we got some we got some stuff there for you. I'll just uh, click them through really quick so you can check it out. We've got a little podcast icon. We've got the NeverSoft shout out, and then we've got a recent Tony Hawk head for you. So enjoy those. Have fun with those. All right, moving on to some other exciting stuff. So we are going to have. We normally announce this at the end of every episode, but we felt like this is going to be an important enough uh, and different enough episode coming up here. Um, we've got a special podcast episode coming up the day the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 demo launches. We are going to be inviting a panel of special guests to talk about the demo, dissect it, analyze it, look at it inside and out. Should be a great time. We're going to be live on Twitch Friday night. That's the day. That's going to be August 14th, 8 o'clock Eastern. Our guest panel is going to feature some really awesome players and uh, some former guests of the podcast uh, as well. So we've got on the panel Mike, Tyler, Lasagna, Guy2K, and George are all going to be joining Freddie and I for the panel on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. We're looking forward to this one. It's going to be very different than any episode we've done thus far. So uh, hopefully everybody can stop by and join us and hang out and uh, uh, check out the the demo, as I know a lot of people are waiting for. Freddie, uh, excited about the panel uh, discussion we're going to have coming up? Definitely can't wait to check out the new game. Um, I know we might, we may even be able to uh, question Andy THPS about the gameplay a little bit after we've got our hands on it. Yes, absolutely. Should be really good. So, 
Okay, without further ado, let's get in today. We have an awesome guest today, and that is Slim. Slim's a longtime Tony Hawk's Pro Skater player, as Freddie mentioned earlier, lifelong member of the Sin Clan, and he's a recent, semi-recent, as I've gotten to know this, I actually wrote this wrong, but he's a semi-recent returnee to Thug Pro. Uh, he's been around the community for many years and has helped reignite the Sin Clan in modern day. Uh, he's very well known, highly respected for his exceptional gameplay and improv skill. He's also known for creating the user-created variant of Firefight, the online game mode of Thug One, known as Slim Firefight. And uh, we got some uh, special stuff coming up for that uh, part of this episode. So please join us in welcoming to the podcast, Slim. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Um, I've been listening since the very beginning when Mr. Freeze started this. So shout out Mr. Freeze. Um, and I'm really excited to do this. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, honor and pleasure is all ours. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, the Sin Clan is uh, well, well known, well respected, and then I've seen you around the community. I think for years and years and years and years. So it's awesome to get to know you better and get down, get a chance to sit down and chat with you about some fun stuff. So, absolutely, cool. I can't wait. All right, well, let's jump right in. We're going to get into our, our uh, general questions, our quick hits that we always kind of cover just to give everybody kind of a baseline for who is Slim and what are some of the kind of common stuff in regards to uh, all things Tony Hawk. So what's your favorite Tony Hawk game and why? So favorite game, uh, just favorite game of all time in general is Underground 1. Um, that's the game I really became pretty good at the game at. Um, I think it really encapsulates like all those first games and then also bridges the gap to the future games that we know and love and what Thug Pro eventually became. Um, I have a lot of notes here, so I'm going to start like reading off these. Uh, all good. I think <laughs> it, brought, it brought in the uh, single greatest, I think, game changer to the series, and that's not just walking. I think the addition of observing your other players after zero was pivotal in creating the improv uh, gameplay. And I don't think that gets enough love. Like, when we talk about the new games, um, no one really mentions it. I think I threw that in the uh, suggestions in the THPSX Discord. Um, but Underground 1 is great. I'd say Pro Skater 4 is a close second. I think it takes everything the first few games started and really uh, created the ultimate version of what the old school games were. So, but I don't think anything beats uh, Thug Pro and what it is right now, actually. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, absolutely, Thug Pro. We're going to talk about that in depth a little bit later on in the interview, but uh, Thug One, For yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's right in there. It's a great, great game. Very good point. I mean, just imagine if Tony Hawk 4 had Observe After Zero. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, who knows what where that series would have went, and I mean, that really changed like where scoring became a priority to where improv came and there's some other things that i think changed that but and we can talk about that later too <laughs> so the next quick hit quick hit question is who is your favorite old school player so very uh cliche answer but i'd say andy is uh was my favorite i guess old school player um I remember one of the first <clears throat> few experiences I had going on just like the TXO website was viewing um, everybody talking about Andy and viewing his videos and um, huge inspiration just from what he created. I'd say also just Magic Summer, Draco, Gonzo. Um, those type of players um, were my first like true real improv um, players that I was able to observe and watch and kind of learn from. 
And then from that, Vex was great. And then Airwig was actually one of the first people that I remember being in a lobby. And he was telling us, like, how to improv in style and teaching us, like, newer players some of these tricks that I had never even heard before. And just uh, one of my all-time favorite players as well would be No Bales, which a few people have mentioned as well, my fellow Sin member who I became pretty close with over the years for sure. But he was an amazing player as well. All huge names, all super, super great players, no doubt about it. <clears throat> yeah. So that leads into, so who amongst the newer crowd in the last couple of years would you consider your, your favorite player? <clears throat> so just coming back, uh, there's been a ton of videos. So it's, I thought about this question for a while, and it's really hard to actually name, like, just a few. Everybody's incredible now. That's what's <laughs> so cool about Thug Pro, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would say just players that I've been playing with frequently that are just incredible. Like I observe them after zero and everything they do could be its own like transfer video and just blows my mind. So the first one that came, came to mind was electric, incredible player. The stuff he does is insane. Um, I've been playing a lot with KC and guy 2 k Every time I observe them, they're incredible. Green is amazing. Um, and I would say Jesse is also one of the best people I've seen, um, playing for sure jesse has has schooled me in king of the hill more times than i care to count <laughs> oh yeah um, i would i would also say aside from um just the like classic skill players and not to say that these players aren't pretty good at the game as well but fishy is one of my favorite people to play with online um always on always welcoming and just in the community war pig is hilarious and he gives me those laughs he reminds me of like a new age iverson if you recall oh absolutely so, oh yeah i love Who could forget yeah iverson iverson three absolutely <laughs> so uh what has been your favorite online game mode uh i would say graffiti is just out of the actual game modes um the ultimate like testament to skill and um you know, scoring gets pretty boring when you're doing trick attack or combo mambo. Um, and anyone can go forever. Not everyone, but it, uh, graffiti really tests, like, the way you play the level, the way you um, can hold your balance, and the way you score. So you have to have that ultimate score to actually beat the other players, things like that. I would say King of the Hill, incredible game mode. Capture the flag as well. I don't think it gets enough love. Everyone's playing Koth online, but not a, not very many people play Capture the Flag regularly, and I would say that time-based mode is better than score-based, <laughs> um, just because I, the thrill of like that 30-second Capture the Flag game, so fun. And then another mode that doesn't get mentioned enough is just a goal challenge. I think it's a great uh, just break from the normal like 30-second graffitis over and over. It's a really fun game, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like Gold Attack as well. That's one that yeah. uh, doesn't get mentioned a whole lot. That's that's definitely for sure, <clears throat> for sure a thing. Um, yeah. All right. What's uh, what's your least favorite online game mode? What's one that you're like, eh, not really my thing. All right. This might be controversial, but I think Free Skate is my least favorite game mode. Um, <laughs> I get really bored if there's not a game every few minutes um sometimes i'm like is the host gone should i leave this room uh so i do think 
Free Skate is kind of my least favorite game mode. I like all the game modes, so. Really? Even, like, scavenger hunt and stuff? That's that's one that usually most people are like, eh. Uh, no, I also hate scavenger hunt. <laughs> See, I didn't even remember it because no one plays it. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a for good reason, either. right? <laughs> for sure. I think it could be done well if you if people got into it. But if somebody randomly starts it, it's a great way to clear out the lobby. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. it, it that uh, King of the Hill typically, as well as load up a creative park, I can clear the <laughs> lobby so fast I can't even. Right. <laughs> what has been your favorite level from all of the games and consoles? So, also cliche answer, but I'd say Manhattan is um, my favorite level of all time. Um, it's it's like all anyone ever played when we played Thug One. Pretty much, you can't pretty much start, or you, you can't get anybody into your level or lobby if you're not playing Manhattan usually. Um, and aside from that, I would say just some of those custom levels, like Baltimore, Philly, and DC, were also incredible i just got my custom levels to work a few weeks ago and being able to play those was uh really cool just in general i think the like city levels are some of the best levels that's in the game uh so chicago's awesome as well so if vicarious visions is going to make custom levels in the future that are not old school levels i'd say all city levels would be appreciated all city levels, yeah. There's definitely yeah. you got so much. Vert- there's so many things that are vertical. There's it kind of feels like you're actually street skating, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I can, yeah. I can get behind that. I like that for sure. <clears throat> uh, do you have a favorite creative park? Did you play those much, or do you? I'm sorry, dude. I did not play a ton of creative parks. Um, <laughs> I played a few of Electric's creative parks that were fun and. Uh, recently, I was in a level where there was like I don't know who was hosting, but like it had a whole uh, flat land on top, and then like one secret area below. That was kind of fun. But in general, I just think the like uh, constraints of the creative park are too much. So it feel like every creative park to me feels like I'm saying playing the same level, just because it all like looks the same, feels the same, same objects. But that's fair. Not yeah, not a single park I really remembered. That's fair, and I'm not offended in the least. I understand. Like I said, it's an easy way to get. To, it's an easy way to <laughs> to clear a lobby in a hurry. Yeah, but I've always appreciated your devotion to the creative park. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you so much. Yeah, like I think Creative Review is was incredible at the time, and I love that like that much thought was put into all of that. So. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Like I said, I understand. It's a niche for sure. We'll we'll get into it more later, but I'll be really curious to see your th- get your thoughts on on Creative Park for sure. One Plus Two. So, yeah. Do you have a favorite Thug Pro custom level? Yeah, it's, I'd say all the Proven Ground levels are a lot of fun. Uh, Baltimore, I think. Like I answered, Manhattan is my favorite level, but I do think Baltimore could have been the best level ever. Um, so shout out Larxian for getting those moved over. Yes. Um, Venice H- yeah, Venice HD is a lot of fun too. Um, but I also barely just got those to work. So I haven't really explored too many, um, especially of the ones that are like actual custom levels that weren't previously in any other games. So, um, 
Yeah, that's that's well said. So many stuff, so many levels were remade, and we we've played them over and over many many times to play the proving ground levels, which yeah. not everybody got proving ground. Um, to be able to play them in this engine is really fun for sure. And Lark, right. Larks as I call him, uh, did a great job uh, bringing those over without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater video or series? Is fine if you if you like as well. Yeah, I never got super into other people's videos like when I originally was playing, just because it was so hard to download all the uh, download all the videos at super low quality um, and keep track of all of them. I mean, now it's super easy because everything's on YouTube. Um, but I'd say just the Andy THPS project was very cool. It was like this artsy approach to the series and as well as his sh shipyard line. Um, that really made me appreciate, um, especially his call-outs of like the spin-out to Crooked Cop, things like that. Um, showed me like how you could m move your style and improv together and really focus on like what those actual tricks are and the trick combinations and how that is important to the game and not just um, scoring. As well as um, Andy THPS Project 2, which I tried to find online. I could not find it, but I'm actually in the background of it doing uh, some kind of manual. And I was very proud at the time of him being like asking the love or the lobby to be in the background of his video. So I felt like I was like on this like video shoot at the time. So proud of it. So Project <laughs> 2, funny story about Project 2. Project 2, he yeah. never actually edited the whole thing together. So it's broken oh, really? up into like three or four different parts. And so you can look to, you can, you can try and find those. I can, I can uh, hook you up with those <laughs> later uh, if you want. But, uh, but yeah, he never actually finished editing it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So that's why you, you can't find it as a, as a standalone video. Yeah. And I'd also I'd also mentioned the uh, the Seamus off the wall series I think it was called yeah, um, for sure. And he at the time I was so mad because he did it in I believe slow motion and then sped it up and didn't tell anybody and there was this huge controversy at the mm -hmm. time. But um, <laughs> looking back on it, yeah, yeah, looking back on it, I think it was extremely innovative and a, a cool way to approach a video. So. I wanted to take the time to give him a shout out because at the time I was probably so mean in the uh, the old school forums for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. That was one of the more controversial parts of uh, the community back then. I'll never forget it. I think somebody else mentioned that whole controversy on their podcast as well. I can't remember who it was, but anyway. yeah, I think I think Nacho had did Nacho talk that, about it. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about Ran stitching together and yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, but as far as recent videos, the SMG video was really cool. It was cool to come back and like watch what the newer players were doing, um, as well as the Jambalaya video that Mark and Alive yes. recently posted. Yeah, uh, just sick. the editing, and I actually listened to the music from that over and over since. So very cool <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably my favorite new, more recent video, probably of this year. That Jambalaya video is so good. <clears throat> yeah, it was great. So what is your favorite gameplay technique or mechanic? Uh, so number one, I would say drifting. Um, I think drifting is as important to the gameplay as revert or manual, um, just in terms of being able to do improv and move on the fly and connect things together. Um, it doesn't get mentioned. I think it gets mentioned often, but not enough in the terms of how important it is. 
Um, so I'm really, I understand why it wouldn't be added, like walking to one plus two. Um, but I do think we're going to miss drifting a ton, um, as well as spin outs. When I first learned those, they were, they just blew my mind how cool they were being able to spin out on a wall ride or a grind, um, or even in the air, like the, the spin out pogo just to do that trick animation is so cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then recently I never appreciated in my first time playing just how important wall rides are and acid drops just in terms of getting those errors and then also quickly doing an acid drop and um, kind of allowing your improv to go ways that is not expected. So those would be it. Yeah. That's yeah, it's it's still funny to me because I played Tony Hawk Four for so long that you know when when it came to Thug and then you started to see you know techniques start to you know morph and whatever and and now right. it's really crazy how it went. It's just I I always look at that stuff and just go I kind of wish I would have learned it a little bit better than I did <laughs> <laughs> to a degree because I see everybody yeah. doing it and it looks like it's just you know it, it expands the game for sure gives you opportunities for lines and transfers that you would never have had otherwise if you weren't using those techniques. Right. There's still time to learn, dude. There is. I know. Orb, Orb has been trying to get me to learn how to do some of the techniques. and I, I right. kind of starting to get it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's go, uh, let's go a little more in depth and get into some specific questions specific to you, uh, Slim. So let's start with that. Where does your username come from, and have you always used Slim since <clears throat> you played Tony Hawk? Yeah, uh, so my – let's go back before uh, this series. When I first signed up for Yahoo Messenger, um, I was very into a popular rapper named Eminem at the time, mm -hmm. and I wanted the username Slim, but that was taken. So then uh, my favorite number was 21, so I wanted the name Slim21. That was also taken. Uh, so I ended up being – Slim 00021, and that actually became my first name I used on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I used that up until right before I joined Sin, um, when I think Sin made the decision that they didn't want me to have all these numbers at the end of my name. So that is when uh, No Bales actually told me that my name was stupid and <laughs> asked me asked me to get rid of the numbers. So eventually, it just became Slim. So wow. All back to the Eminem. Yeah, like man. <clears throat> was your first overall experience playing Tony Hawk in the series? Uh, another cliche answer, but the Pizza Hut demo um, was my first experience. Uh, I was at my uh, grandma's house, and my cousin had his PS1 there, and he busted out the Pizza Hut demo, and we were playing uh, Tony Hawk, the warehouse with Superman playing, and it just, like, blew my mind i immediately loved it it was part sandbox uh part like combo sports game and it was so addictive just being able to like restart that two minute run over and over and over and over and so i just like loved that game at first um and then got almost every game past that um didn't get pro skater 3 but i did get pro skater 2 for our pc and when i installed it and i'm like 10 or 11 at this time when <laughs> i installed it on our pc i like accidentally deleted everything on our computer oh no <laughs> and so, yeah and so then i eventually uh i hated the keyboard control so i eventually got that for nintendo 64 as well um but those were my first yeah pizza demo loved it 
I got a. I want to start a tally on who says Pizza Hut demo and then who says like PlayStation Underground demo. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like Pizza Hut would be winning. I feel <clears throat> like, but yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, what game did you first play online? So, back to the the first game I tried to play online was Pro Skater Two. I believe it had some kind of like LAN settings, and I. Was tr- I just have this vivid memory of trying to get that to work and being so intrigued on being able to play other people online. Um, obviously, couldn't get that to work. So then I read about the Pro Skater 3 online and I one of the PlayStation magazines, and it was just so cool to me. And eventually, I became a Pro Skater 4 Christmas noob, um, yes. like most people. So I believe, Dode, you were the same, same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Shout out to the Christmas noobs. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I have this... Uh, I have this vivid memory of um, playing the game for the first time, and I loved it. And the first level I joined was Zoo. For some reason, I always remembered that. Um, and I have a few notes, actually, of like my first experiences. So I thought that everyone that got over $5 million cheated. So then I eventually <laughs> um, went and bought a Game Shark. And I was, I was just going to show these people up. I was so excited. Um, could not get my Game Shark to work. So then, um, eventually, somebody showed me that San Francisco um, combo line on the pier, and I got five million points, and I was so like impressed with myself. And I realized <laughs> I realized that no one was cheating. Um, and then I realized that you could add like Indy 900s to your trick list, and I eventually got sixteen million. Um, and then someone taught me the. Uh, degree add-on glitch i don't know if you guys remember this but yeah yeah so if you did a trick reverted quickly enough then spun it actually added to your first trick so that eventually got me um i don't know i mean i'm sure it was like 20 or 40 million um but i remember going to school and like bragging to everyone that i got 40 million points on tony hawk 4 and it was a very fun time for me just those first few months of playing online wow yeah, the old Dale glitch. That was a big controversy as well at the time. For sure. So how many titles in total did you end up playing online? Online, I played Pro Skater 4, um, Underground 1, 2, and American Wasteland. Um, and then I also played HD 5 and now Club Pro. HD and 5. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, no, that's the perfect segue, actually. That's our next question. Look cool. at that. I didn't even intend it. Uh, did you play any of the Robo games you said you just did? Did you play Ride Shred, HD, and then what's your opinion of those? Uh, so I never played Ride or Shred. I saw one of my friend's younger brothers. Um, they had it. It did not look very much fun at all. Um, I appreciate what they were trying to do and you know emulate the success of Guitar Hero and the peripheral. Um, and it's I'm sure it's like its own downhill style of game. It was fun, um, but I never really played those. Uh, when HD came out, I was very hyped for that, uh, as I'm sure like a lot of people were, because the series basically died. Nobody was um, really interacting online with each other, and I believe that was the time when like the Facebook groups became pretty popular, and everybody was kind of uh, popping up and talking to each other again. And then when the game came out, I was very disappointed um 
mostly just because the gameplay wasn't great, but then online mode um, wasn't very fun at all. Um, so I just quit playing. I didn't even get the, like, revert update pack or the uh, Pro Skater 3 map pack. Yep. <clears throat> um, but then 5 was announced, and I was very hesitant to have any hype toward it. Um, it finally came out. And I watched a few Twitch streams, and I decided to just rent it instead of buy it, just because it was like $60 for that game. Um, and it didn't look that great. And then I eventually, uh, I actually ended up writing an essay on Reddit about how bad the game was. And it was, um, the essay was well-received, the game wasn't. Um, I think it failed because online play was awful, the levels were awful, um, and then just they... Robomoto just ignored, like, everything that the old games um, kind of stood for and created. Just a ton of mechanics that were just missing. <clears throat> However, in retrospect, I would like to say a few things I liked about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. All so, right. This is, a rare, right. this is a rare occurrence. Go ahead. <laughs> I want to make sure people know there are a few <laughs> things. There was some thought put into it, um, and I feel bad that I just like went on this tirade and I was tweeting mean things at Robomoto employees. <laughs> I've grown up a little bit since then. Not a lot, just a little bit. No death. <laughs> you didn't have any death threats though or any I was, I was not. It was more like, <laughs> how dare you like take my baby and make it awful. Like I had any say in, you know. Um, so I do like that they named it Pro Skater 5. Um, that would be one. They embraced the arcade style instead of trying to make it this like realistic version of a skateboarding game. Um, while it was implemented horribly, I liked the concept of the always online lobbies. I think that could have been something really cool, um, but it didn't turn out the way I'm sure that they wanted it to. Um, I do think Bunker is a good level, and so is Mountain. Um, and I think we might talk about this in a little bit, but I do think the real levels being used for the creative parks was really cool. And I would love to see that like push further in the new games. Um, just being able to customize any level at any time, I think is something that hasn't been explored enough. So that's my list. It ends there, but <laughs> I did, I did try to play it. Uh, <sighs> Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't touch Riders Red HD. Yeah, five. Yeah, there's there's a I, you know it's funny. I seem to remember you writing that essay. Or I guess is what you called it about five. <laughs> yeah, I did the same on Reddit. I I tried to put some thought into it. Um, yeah, crowd saying in chat that you you were pretty good about not just adding comments, but you also uh, had some constructive criticism with the co along with the comments, which I always feel that's important. You shouldn't just trash something without <clears throat> offering some sort of suggestion as to how could it have been better. I think that's always a good practice for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I went back and found it, and the one I posted in the THPS subreddit you had commented on. So Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I was pretty sure that that I had seen you around Reddit for a while, and maybe even on Facebook too, like over the course of however long, and and then kind of talked a little bit more, you know, in the in the NFA Discord and so forth and so on. But yeah, I was pretty sure that I saw you. You you seem like you've been pretty active in that subreddit, which has been awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was tried to. It's a it's an interesting mix of like people who are very new and casual to the series and uh, very like hardcore yep. uh, people in the community. So, yep. but yep. So you are currently a member of the Sin Clan. Has has this been your only clan, or were there others? There were others. Um, so luckily, I went scouting the. Uh, onlineskaters.net archive and I found a post that I wrote detailing every clan that I had been in. So I will read part of that post now. Uh, <laughs> there must be a lot. <laughs> it was it's not too many. Okay. But uh all right, so first clan I joined was called Lord of the Boards. And that was uh, <laughs> I scored two million points to get in on Pro Skater Four. Okay. Then I joined a clan called RX seven. Uh, and that was for 20 million. Then I joined a clan called I3, um, which I don't know if it was influenced by like the tournament or what, but I had to score 70 million to get into that. I think that was my last clan right after or right before Thug. Um, so then on Underground One, I joined this clan called Kin, um, abbreviated just like Sin, and that was for 13 million. Um, and after that, uh, this clan called Foe was my first improv yeah. clan. Um, so Foe was cool at the time. I think Raka, um, who's an ass now, was in that as well. Um, and then around that time, this clan was starting to form called UL. And that was around the time uh, No Bales brought me aside. I remember this like very vividly that he we were in the uh, Hawaii level in one of the pools. And he this is like all on text chat. He's like, hey, you should not go for that clan. You should try to join out or try to try out for Sin instead. Um, and so at that point is when I kind of stopped everything um, <clears throat> and decided to just devote all my energy that summer to trying to join Skaters in Neutral. So at some point, I think in between there, uh, Hot asked me to join and I had to like make this decision to say no because a lot of really good players were starting to join um, Hot when it first was created. And then... Uh, finally, I was invited to Skaters in Neutral after they told me to drop my numbers and my name. <laughs> and <clears throat> it was officially announced um, on August 15th, 2004 on OnlineSkaters.net. Um, that's like the closest date I could find. And then at the exact same time, um, players like Asthma, Mirage, Tiki, Stacy, and Hi. All, all joined. So that was like this group of people they finally all let in. So that was my clan journey. Nice. Wow, those are some very specific numbers and dates. Freddie, lock that stuff away. That's all you. Lock it up. <laughs> Freddie loves yes. that. Fred, so does Nevada. Nevada's in the chat as well. Nevada, write that stuff down for the encyclopedia. Yeah. I know you're writing. <laughs> who, who would have, who awesome. would have thought that uh, back on August 15th, 2004, 16 years later, you'd be playing the Tony Hawk 1 plus 2 demo. I had no idea. Yeah. I can't wait. Here we are. <laughs> and, and on a podcast talking about the games from a long time ago. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about clan battles a little bit. They were pretty huge back in the, in the Tony Hawk 4 through uh, uh, America Wasteland days. Probably not so much America Wasteland, but, but uh, it still happened. Do you think those could make a comeback, or is that a thing of the past? I would love for them to make a comeback. I think one one and two is going to bring this like 
I think we're going to go back to scoring a little bit because that's a objective way to play the game. And I would love for players to start battling just graffiti battles or I guess even trick attack battles. Or I would love for there to be like a King of the Hill or uh, Capture the Flag clan battle um, community. Um, improv clan battles are kind of hard because you have to have a judge and they have to be this like neutral judge that doesn't have a bias toward either clan. Um, I don't even know if there have been like clan improv battles, but that would be something pretty cool for a tournament to do to determine the best improv clan because there's so many good ones right now. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, something to think about, like a I one or I two type tournament with uh, team battles instead of uh, individual players. Yeah, I think I think there was something because I found a video on an old hard drive of. Defects and no bails. They did this like two minute run. One person was capped um, in the first minute. The second person was capped in the next minute. And so I don't know if that was from something that was kind of that concept of where like a relay almost for improv. Um, but I do think that would be really cool to bring back. Ooh, that's an interesting premise too. Hmm. Yeah. Have you ever participate in any clan battles yourself? <clears throat> I personally don't think. I participated in any official ones. Um, the way I kind of look at the clan battles um, back in the day were more of these like cold wars between the websites where <laughs> everybody had their website. You would, your own like group would go to their website, kind of be not the greatest people on that website or spam that website to the point where you might be getting banned. Um, but it was all about, like, trying to make your website community better than the other rather than, like, actually taking it out on the game and showing who's actually good at the game. It was very much, like, who can grow the bigger community or who can be the best name in the community. So, it's that, so, yeah. Uh, that's that's an interesting thought. This is a complete tangent, but it's it, it never ceases to amaze me how fragmented some of the community was back then. Every right. single clan had their own website, and they all had their own, you know, community of people. And yes, there were, you know, the bigger ones, Planet Tony Hawk, and I don't even like to say it, but I, I have to, I have to admit that TXO was a bigger one for sure. But oh yeah, you know, and even even uh, TH Live, even though they were associated with it, those were kind of the more gathering places. But all these clans and all of these sites, and it was just so fragmented. And I always worry about that, you know, as more people return to the community, and we we start to see, you know, one plus two hype happen and i'm like man i really hope the community seems so tight-knit right now which i absolutely love and i yeah. really hope it doesn't end up getting all fragmented again and everybody like you said you battle over oh my discord server is bigger than yours because i have you know anyway whole nother deal <laughs> right <clears throat> no, de uh, definitely well i guess we'll talk about it later but onlineskaters.net definitely had one of the biggest portions of the community back in the day at its yeah. peak yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in just a second, like you said. So would you consider any clans rival clans that you had a good comp competitive scene with? Uh, and I'm saying that in reference to skaters in neutral. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say the first clan at that time, um, like Fate, was a very uh, even clan with us that we kind of, I don't know, I guess we kind of hated them in a way. Like they were our biggest rival. Um, we would... <clears throat> I'd say that was the site where we would go and like spam to the point where we would get banned um, for a <laughs> while. And there was just like this weird 
hatred between the two clans um, because originally the clans Sin and Fate actually merged and became Fatal for a while. So F eight or F eight L. Um, so all the Sin and Fate members became that for a while, and I'm not sure exactly what happened because before I joined Sin, um, but they split and became Fate and Sin again. And so I think ever since then there's this weirdness, and also our websites were pretty much like obviously TXO was the big site. Um, but then onlineskaters.net and I think fateclan.com or whatever it was called, we were pretty even and just like the amount of people in the community. Um, so we always viewed them as a rival. <clears throat> I do have a funny story about Fate. So at the time, Fate started hosting tryouts and they would let people, um, they hosted a lobby, they would let people in their room. Um, and if they were good enough at improv, because I think they were trying to build back into an improv clan, they would then let them into fate. And so at the time, I convinced a uh, well-known member in the community named Dusty to let me pose as him for fate tryouts. So I went in this room, and I posed as Dusty, and I got in. So we actually used Dusty to tell us information once he got into fate about what they were planning on the inside <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> keep going or is that it? uh that's about i mean that's all i really remember i remember at one point uh fate set up their website in a way where you could like see the message previews of their like fate only section of their um it would be like in the recent posts and so for a while we were like just scouring what they were talking about and this is so stupid looking back, like 16 years, but <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I'd say Hot, Hot was also a clan that we were kind of, I'd say, rivals with, just because we were on similar levels, just improv-wise. Improv um, and so at that time, another story, I actually started creating this persona named Tomcat that I had capped a few runs with, and I would just join lobbies that Hot members were in. And I was going to pretty much do the same thing as the Dusty story, um, but I eventually quit that. But those are probably like my best memories around that time of just like us scheming, trying to figure out these other clans. Um, and that's why I say it's like this, like the battles happened in that way rather than like actually getting into rooms and then battling each other and picking who has the best score. Man, that's so crazy. I, I never even knew that. I never even knew that a lot of that stuff happened. It's just wild. <laughs> yeah, very, very childish. And I'd say also, obviously, TLT at the time was the biggest um, and the best improv clan. And so we always kind of viewed them as like the ultimate rival trying to um, skill-wise be better than. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. I love it. Love stories like that. That's good stuff. For sure. I, mean, I totally forgot about the fatal thing. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> So is it accurate to say that the Sin Clan has become somewhat dormant for a period of time? Were there members that played through the dark, the dark years after Neversoft folded and before Thug Pro became popular? Um, pretty much everyone went silent. Um, at some point, I remember getting back on to Thug, and I think Biohacker, if that was his name, um, figured out some way to let people use some IP address or something like that to get people back on. And so I finally got back on, and that was around the time Butt Slap was invented, and 
code actually tried to get me to learn butt slap. Um, could not learn it. So I only played a couple times just back on um, the old games after, um, I'd say that was like 2008 or nine. Um, but no one really played until I came back for a couple years in, or a couple months in 2018. And then um, a few people are back now, which is really cool. Uh, but I became Facebook friends with as many people in sin as I could. So that was kind of the way we all uh, kept up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there, I think there were a few secret Facebook groups. We, there was certainly one for TXO where we all stayed <laughs> yeah. in touch on Facebook for a number of years there that was just for the members. So, um, so yeah, a few of those folks have shown back up. But, but uh, yeah, still in touch with a few of them too. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, so who from the Sync Clan did you play online with the most? So definitely No Bales, Code, and Defects were the few people that I played with the most. They were pretty much all online, all at the same time, every day. Um, mostly, I just, we basically devoted like our entire lives to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Online. It was so weird. Um, and then Anti-Genius, Encoded, Ali, KJ, and Own also uh, were the group that was kind of secondary to those first few people, but uh, No Bales is who I played with easily the most. Um, and then we'd like chat all the time on AIM, tell each other our like girl problems. He would uh, <laughs> send me email music to listen to. Um, I remember one time I was trying to figure out how to ask this girl to prom. And so he told me like, dude, just ask her online, just send her a message. So I sent her a message, and then she said no. Oh. And I still, I still blame him for this. Um, but basically, yeah, No Bales um, was the person I played with the most, and we spent a long time trying to uh, convince Code to join together. So we teamed up to get that working. Nice. So Sick Clan members, along with many other older clans, have seen a resurgence in the past few months. Uh, have So you've reconnected with many of your former clan mates, and who all has shown back up on Thug Pro? Uh, so Defects was the person I saw pop back into Discord, and then he started talking to me and was very excited about starting our own Discord server. So we started that and started inviting people, but it's pretty hard to get a hold of people. Um, so Weapon kind of showed back on his own and joined our server. Um, no bales joined back code and own, um, also joined. And so I'd say those few players, uh, came back. I haven't been able to get in touch with anybody else, but, um, hopefully they keep playing too. Awesome. Have all of those people actually gotten jumped on Doug pro and played? I mean, I've seen defects and a couple of others, but have every, all of them you mentioned, have they all jumped back online? <clears throat> yeah. The day that, Tyler joined um, we we scheduled a welcome party and we all got back on um, and played some capture the flag and school two which was actually like one of the better nights I've had playing this but um, I've seen them all back on uh, we're kind of slowly not playing as much as we were I think we were all like super hyped about the game for a week or two um, but yeah I hope they continue to play yeah that's it sounds uh, that sounds almost exactly like what's happened with TXO, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to the letter. <laughs> to be completely right. honest, yeah. So, 
there's still a few people though I'm trying to wrangle up for for TXO as well and uh, haven't gotten them. But uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about the evolution of OnlineSkaters.net. And yeah. there it is in all its glory in the chat. So this is from the ar- from the Internet Archive. So <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So originally when I joined, um, I wasn't in Sin yet, and so I joined for the community aspect of it. Uh, but it was this like black, uh, dark themed website that Ali had created. And at the time he was only like 13 years old creating and managing this, uh, website and growing a community that had, I mean, at the time it felt like a ton of people, but in retrospect, it wasn't that many. Um, and eventually a player named poise took it over. So poise short for poison, um, for some reason who didn't even, joined sin and we i think he wanted to and we never let him in um and now i feel kind of bad on this looking back he totally took on the responsibility of like managing online skaters.net totally redid the website um constantly i was just giving this like not constructive feedback of like this button looks bad or this whole section is not good and then he just is like breaking his back to keep online skaters.net up so i appreciate what poise did um, and eventually we kind of had a theme for every game. So this one you're looking at, uh, was during the thug two, um, era. So like super orange and eventually you had this American wasteland version. Um, <clears throat> and then when project eight was announced, I actually went back and redesigned it and I used Microsoft paint to design this new <laughs> website. Nice. Um, and I just like posted it and was like, this is my idea. So, when that website, um, or when all of a sudden on the skaters on net, I think Poise sold it to somebody, and then that person took my Microsoft Paint design and created that into what the website became. And I, one day I just opened it and it had my design, and I was like so surprised, and it was very strange. Um, and now I design apps and websites for a living. So my first website I ever designed was OnlineSkaters.net. So very <laughs> proud of that. That's awesome. That sounds very similar to Benson. That's what he did TXO for. He right. did it for work experience. <laughs> that was the whole deal. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> wasn't Poise like just a kid too back then? What was that? Like, wasn't Poise like like ten oh, or yeah, eleven yeah. years old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Poise. Poise was like he was so young too, and yeah, I just feel bad for I'm sure how mean we were to him and how like much he wanted to fit into the community. So. <laughs> Oh my! So it's pretty amazing to see that the very first Sin site is still up. It's uh, <clears throat> SinClan on Tripod.com. Uh, who built it and who still maintains it? Uh, I have no idea who built this. So this is like way before my time. Um, I'm assuming it was weapon just because it says he's the leader on the right there um right but i didn't even know about this until a few months ago when i was like searching for sin stuff right when we were all coming back and i stumbled onto this just from a google search um so i'm sure no one's like maintaining this i think it's just on the uh tripod platform but it's like very cool to see the snapshot of 2003 and what the uh Sin clan was at the time, so I'm sure this was pre-fatal. Um, 
and they were very much a whoring clan at this time. So you can even look at the like battles section, and it shows different bo- battles they had with Ass and who won, and pretty interesting. These old ones are always a trip to me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I just love that they like were keeping a record of who won what battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so even go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say even like the picture section is so cool just because they're like these old pictures of uh, people taking pictures of their like tube TV that is not anything that's like screen captured or anything. It's just so old school. Yeah, let's take a look at that. Or there's a, some of this. Hey, look at that. <clears throat> All right, there's there's some right. uh, uh, <laughs> screenshots taken with a with a probably a, n- not a phone back then, probably a digital camera of some sort of the TV yeah. itself. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff. <clears throat> uh, so um, so. Y- uh, from what we could see, Freddy sleuthed this out. It looks like Sin held at least two King of the Hill tournaments. There was no videos or standings that we could find that existed for either tournament other than the fact that a player named, I can't say it, Freddy, what are you doing to me? DCAPAT8 won the first tournament. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the King of the Hill game mode, and do you think a, a Sin uh, caught the tournament and version 3 would draw any interest? So we have a graphic of that there. It's pretty small. Yeah, uh, I heard Freddie talk about this a few times, and this was way before my time. So I was never involved in the cough tournament. Um, I would love to do a third King of the Hell tournament. Um, I think it's the a great game mode that doesn't get enough love. I've also wanted to join the cough league on NFA, and I don't know how. So I would like to talk to you, Freddie, about how to do that. Um, but I do have a question for Freddy. How would you run a third King of the Hill tournament? Would it be like one versus one? Would there be like three people in a group, like bracket style? What do you think? This might be a pretty unpopular opinion because everybody is <laughs> such a fan of the 1v1 format, but I would take it back to the league style, like the original KXTH, where... Uh, People sign up and play sessions over a, a season, um, five-player sessions. Uh, that way we can tell who's owning the room over the course of a season rather than who did well on one day. Right. <clears throat> well, then that's not a tournament then, right? That's just, that's a whole season. Yeah, that's the KXTH league format. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that would work better. But uh <clears throat> is the theory there, Freddie, that it would be a it's more of a true test of who like the winner of the season is because, you know, somebody might be having an off day, they had a long day at work or whatever, and they have to they have to play in the tournament, right? So the league gives you more of a sense of, okay, this is a series, this gives everybody a lot of opportunity, and then at the end, whoever the <clears throat> winner is, it's pretty clear cut. I mean, was that kind of the thinking? Yeah, I think it gives everybody a fair shot. Like, say, um, a less experienced player, they have to play a lot to earn a lot of points because every second that you score with a crown is a point. And so somebody that's really good can come in and place a couple of sessions where maybe they shut out everybody 
and they get the, the maximum amount of points that they can possibly earn. So somebody that's really good can earn a lot of points in a little amount of time, whereas people that are new to the game have to play more to get better. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I actually, I really wanted, because I heard you talk about the Koth tournament, and Sin's been thinking about certain things we could do to just get more active in the community, and I was just trying to figure out like what even would be the format of the tournament and exactly what would have been working the best other than like doing what you're saying more of a season format. So I'm not sure if a tournament could work perfectly. It will be very interesting to see if one plus two has any type of collision based game mode. Uh, Yeah. Here's the hoping let's cross (laughs) our fingers and our toes and whatever else we got to (laughs) do. Yeah, I haven't heard him say much along those lines. So uh, they haven't even mentioned graffiti, which has me kind of worried because it wasn't in um, Pro Skater Five either. <clears throat> oh, that's true. Don't. So, uh, um, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. I'm just being silly. Uh, I was gonna shoot him this next question. Um, yep. As far as the online discussion forums, they once ruled how we communicated about the series. Now it seems that Discord is where everybody chats. What are the pros and cons of each? Yeah, so I love Discord for sure. Um, I think it replaced AIM as where like where everybody was actually chatting and keeping up with each other. Um, and I love, like you said earlier, Dode, how everybody's kind of centralized. Either everyone that's doing improv is in NFA or um, they're in the THPSX group. Um, I think it's awesome to keep those chats just continually going. But I do think there's something about the forum and the like asynchronous and focused conversations where I feel like I can't reply to somebody who posted yesterday about something because everything's so real-time in Discord. So um, like posting videos really isn't the best way to do it in discord so the um like the video channels in nfa i always just like miss a video because it came out and then people just chat forever and i never see it um and it's hard to just keep that conversation going so um i would love to see more of a forum um place where everybody could go to and i mean there's some out there that i'm sure could work um, but i just focus only on discord pretty much right now yeah, it's yeah, that's fair. What I do in Discord, if I don't catch a message to me where somebody didn't tag me or whatever, and I catch it like a couple of days later, I just at them or I DM them. But heard for sure what you're saying. It does seem odd, especially if there's a flowing conversation on another topic. It seems almost rude <laughs> to post yeah. something from like a day ago, whereas a forum thread would 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 uh, be more um, optimal for a situation like that for sure. Yeah. And I've been active with a few other forums um, that all eventually died because uh, centralized places like Reddit or Twitter or Discord kind of have taken the spot of what the forum used to be. So I'd say like Reddit is obviously the closest we've came to what forums used to feel like. But yep. even then, like I I can't comment on something that's a few days old or or longer without feeling like I'm bringing something up from the past that doesn't need to be that everyone. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. That's well said. So you were one of the first players in the community back in the day to you. You kind of got into a new social media platform, alternative MySpace called Facebook. <laughs> As we see more and more old players trickling on Discord, how important do you think social media has been for <clears throat> keeping the old school Tony Hawk community loosely connected over the last 15 years? Yeah, I was pretty early to Facebook, but I don't remember exactly like trying to get the community over there. Um, I guess, uh, I think it's been great though, um, especially for all the Facebook groups that popped up around whenever the new games are announced. Um, everybody's getting excited and everybody's joining. Um, Facebook groups are awesome. Uh, it's interesting that I see a lot of people that like don't join Discord, but they do join the Facebook group for some reason, yeah. just because they're on Facebook and they're not on Discord. And so um, some pretty interesting conversations I've seen happen just in some of those Discord groups. Um, but I do think if we want to be forward thinking again, we need to get on TikTok and move the community and some of the videos onto TikTok and grow into a new platform. I'm a very big TikTok fan. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That's not one that I've played with a whole lot. I, I got into it just a little bit. My kids have gotten into it, but, um, they're older. I'm sure. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But what yeah. do you think would be big? Would be big on the TikTok f platform, like transfers or high scores. I think transfers could be great. Just like little clips you can throw on there. A lot of uh, a lot of gamers um, post like Call of Duty clips, um, and I think they're all trying to move on there because they seem they see the benefit of being able to grow this community there. It's very easy to grow a community. But yeah, it would be more um, transfers and like. 15 second, 30 second clips max. So you wouldn't have like a, a full video, but I do think there's an opportunity to embrace a platform like TikTok or, or anything else. I'm sure if TikTok gets shut down, which there's like all these rumors about it, um, Instagram's working on something similar and so is Google. So, so do you have sin represented <clears throat> on, on TikTok yet then? Do you have a not yet. profile? <laughs> not yet. All right. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> Question for you there, Freddie. Did we lose Freddie? Right here. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, did you ever play for points or scoring? <clears throat> uh, did you ever get into the whoring scene? So, I. Originally, I think everybody starts out doing that, but I just the timing of when I got really into the community was when improv was moving over. So I think my high score was like only, I think I broke 100 million only a couple times when I was whoring um, and moved over to improv pretty quickly. I actually tried to whore the other day um, on Alcatraz and I like could not get more than 60 million points. Like I could not keep a combo very long. Um, and I totally respect people that are still doing it. So, uh, but I've moved to improv very quickly into getting, um, into the community. So. Nice. So let's, let's, uh, segue <clears throat> that whole kind of concept for whoring. Cause this is a lot of people think that the double tap glitch in thug one, uh, ruins scoring based games. Uh, do you feel the same or did double taps <clears throat> help the game, the gameplay in some form or fashion? Great question. So I uh, first with the double tap glitch, 
when I originally was playing Underground 1 for the first time, I actually found it on my own, and I thought I was the only person that knew what it was. And so I was, like, sneakily doing the double tap glitch, thinking I was, like, better than these people because they didn't know that this balance reset thing could happen in the game. Um, <laughs> but then eventually I realized that somebody had figured it out. <clears throat> um, but I do think, like, it spurred its own community of double tap players so it may have drove a few people who were whoring on um pro skater 4 away from the series um but i do think it like kept a lot of casual players around that would have otherwise quit because they couldn't get good at the game so it kind of gave them this like safety net to spend hours um playing moscow doing double tap lines um (laughs) And it created this whole community. And so I think, like, Midwest 2 in that era was filled with all these, like, double-tap lobbies. Um, But the TXO lobby was everybody that was better than the, I guess, the double-tap players um, and viewed it as this, like, lower level of gameplay. And eventually a lot of those double-tap players would move on to the other lobbies and realize that they weren't playing the game the correct way, um, if that even exists. Right. and started moving toward this other style. Maybe it was improv, or maybe they just decided that they wanted to see how far they could go without using the double-tap glitch. So <clears throat> I do think it kept a ton of people around that would have other- otherwise left, and then it also popularized improv in a way that um, like it forced us to move away from valuing scoring so much and got us, along with the Observe After Zero, to do uh, a lot more improv and style and play the game in a way that would evolve into what it is now. That's a real interesting take. I hadn't even considered that, that really had that not existed, <clears throat> would we have seen such a heavy migration towards improv? That's yeah. That's interesting. I like that. I like that thought. Right. So thank you to um, whatever QA team at Neversoft <laughs> missed the double tap glitch. <laughs> it made the game better somehow. Right. Or it just but it, helped it to evolve, maybe is a, a good way to say it. Right. It's also really interesting playing Thug Pro and, like, being able to use double-tap grinds without it being looked down upon because it doesn't reset your balance anymore. So I've come to, like, actually love those tricks as well. So hmm. It's good. So when you hear the term true improv, what does that mean to you or what comes to mind? <clears throat> Yeah, I think this is one of the better questions that gets asked to everybody on the podcast. Um, I would say true improv, it's, I've, I've heard people say you can only do true, true improv if you've like never played the level before, which I don't agree with because I don't think a player who's like good at Manhattan is suddenly going to be bad at a new level, you know? Um, but I do think just the concept of improv would be surprising the viewer um, almost more than yourself. So it kind of matters how familiar with the level that the viewer who's watching you um, is as well. And so misdirection, using uh, tricks in a way that other people might not be um, used to, um, speed is super important as well, and level usage, things like that. But I do think it's all about kind of surprising the viewer is how I would view like true improv gameplay. So let's just segue that right into this next one. And we asked this of, of pretty much all the players who are into improv. Is it possible for a 
player in 2020, and I think I know the answer, excuse me, <clears throat> is it possible for a player in 2020 to <clears throat> achieve a pure and true improv run on a level they've played hundreds of times? I would say yes. Um, it's a, like there's parts of Manhattan that I have never connected two pieces together before. And I think that's what's so cool about the just longevity of some of these levels and that you can play the level forever and then you finally find something you've never seen before and you just like so surprise yourself. Whereas playing Baltimore for the first time, everything's new. Um, so it actually is almost like more rewarding to find something that's this like quote unquote true improv that you had never done before in a level that you hadn't uh, or that you have played hundreds or thousands of times. Um, but I do think there's, there's, if you wanted to like have a true, I guess, um, improv tournament where you didn't want people to plan lines, you could potentially try to skew it toward a cap that no one's played um, potentially. But I don't think it should be looked down upon to play a level a million times and then keep making videos over and over in the same level. That's a that's an interesting take. I like it. I like the idea. Surprise the viewer. That's that's kind of the improv there. It's yeah. Something you've never transferred yourself before, or found a part, or did a combo from X to Z, whatever. Yeah, I would like to highlight that style also is very important in improv. Um, I heard I think Draco was talking about whether spinning your tricks correctly was the most important thing. Right. Um, or I think Mike was the one who said it's not that important. I do think Pro Skater 4, the tricks spun incorrectly look better than they do in some of the other games. Um, but I think if I spin a trick the wrong way, it like ruins my run for me. So I do think it's one of the most important things you can do is like spin your tricks the right way using the correct stylish tricks, whatever you think those are. Um, announced correctly things like that is all very valuable along with the misdirection of what your improv is nice <clears throat> so have you embraced and do you like using text in improv today <clears throat> i do like text um at first i was very against them uh when i came back like when code tried to show me butt slap i was like this is dumb i can't figure it out I was so impressed, though, that the community was able to find this, like, thing that had been existing forever in the game that changed the gameplay again. And um, it came out, and I was so surprised. I have learned a few of them, so, like, Bout Slap and some of the boost plants I can do fairly well. Um, but even techs like Wall Shuffle, people have been doing forever, and um, no one really looks down upon that necessarily. So, um, but I do think however you want to use them, go use them. Um, and if you're against them, then don't use them. But I think it's a cool way to play the game. Nice. So do you think that, that they're overused? So at first when I came back, I thought they were, I was like, nobody is embracing this like old school style that I like, I really loved. Um, but now no, I don't think they're overused, and I can't tell whether they're actually being used less than I think when I came back or if I'm just getting used to them and I see everyone using them all the time. So, um, I think they're used adequately right now, the exact amount. Perfect. The perfect yeah. amount. 
<laughs> so who are some players that have inspired or influenced you over the years that don't play anymore or very little and which players continue to inspire you that are still active today yeah the players that don't play anymore i would say vex i haven't seen him on or encoded um those two players were so good and they uh were great players with just my, my style and improv off of um, but people that do play, um, I mentioned Elec and KC, Guy2K, Green. Those guys are all incredible. I'd say um, just from back in the day, pretty much no bills taught me everything that I know now and eventually became to play and have my skill level. So he essentially um, taught me everything I know. So I owe my entire improv career to no bails. Wow. Yep. All right. So we're going to start and transition a little bit into ter- some tournament talk. So um, what are some ter- some of the tournaments that you participated in over the years, and how did you place in those <clears throat> tournaments? So my first tournament experience was uh, Stin had this thing called Style Kings or King of Style. Um, and I remember they finally invited me to play in this thing. And I think it was just like a weekly challenge where you would just get capped once and then somebody would uh, judge and tell you who was best. And then I remember Ali capped me and it was a Tampa run and I finished it and he was just so impressed with my skill level. And that was the first time I really like kind of got good at improv. Um, and I thought I was good. I had a ton to learn, but that was my first memory. Um, but later there was an improv tournament hosted by the Flow Clan, I believe, called T1I is what I like. That's what I dug up. Um, and I believe it was a one-versus-one thug improv tournament. And <clears throat> I remember I was up against KSK in the second round, and I'm pretty sure I ended up beating him barely, and I was very proud of that moment. Um, and then Code, me, and No Bales were all in the finals. Um, and I still can't find the videos of those. So if anybody can find the uh, T1I final videos, I'd be very impressed. Freddie, <clears throat> there's your marching orders. <laughs> yeah. Freddie's like, um, Freddie is seriously amazing <laughs> at finding the most, ra- the craziest. It's this is seriously like, unbelievable what he can find and he finds it quickly too <laughs> nice yeah i reached i reached out to seawalker and haven't heard anything back so we'll see yeah for sure about <clears throat> the i4 tournament yeah uh so that was like the first very big tournament i i mean it's like my only memory of a actual big tournament that i felt like a lot of pressure on to do good just because it was like the I series tournaments is incredible. And I watched all those videos and tried to emulate that for so long. Um, But you had to submit a run to get in and I uh, submitted a run. They had both thug one and thug two playing um, side by side and they had picked players for each game. And I really wanted to be in thug one. They put me in thug two. So I was mad about that. Um, if you watch my like first and third round runs, I progressed just immensely just in a couple weeks. Um, cause I always looked up my 
first round run and I was just so bad. And like, I don't know how I got past that first round, <clears throat> but eventually in the third round, all I remember was being so mad that Gonzo made it further than me, even though he was such a better player and I'm sure his run was way better. But I remember being so mad because I had this like notion that name recognition got you further in a tournament than your skill level. Uh-huh. And so I was just like, I always pictured this tournament that someone was going to run that had all players using the same skater and <laughs> using like uh, secret names that no one knew who was which. So names wouldn't matter. But looking back, I think that was a stupid concept. And if I would have had a great run that I would have progressed, but it was just really cool to be in the I4 tournament at the time. That's I four was like I think I had started to wane on any interest in tournaments at the time. That was one that I didn't keep too too much track of. But uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you were a judge on the uh, for the <coughs> tournament of destruction improv tournament. Any fun fun, fun stories from that one? <clears throat> yeah. So that was the first and maybe only tournament that I ju- I judged. I also helped judge the. Uh, transfer contest that we put on. We can talk about that in a second. Um, I forget what clan put it on. Uh, It was me and a couple other judges. And um, I believe there was two different brackets. One was PC and one was PS2. And we were all playing Thug 2. And there were players like Jinzo and Tenzo and Flippy were all in this, playing in this together. So it was kind of later in Underground 2. However... I was a judge, and then I also posed as no bails in this tournament the whole time. And so <laughs> I <clears throat> so I not only did I pose as him the whole time, but everybody gave myself first in every round the whole time. And so no one's really known that until now. Um, I'm sure nobody really remembers that tournament at all oh my goodness Um, but at the at the time it was just like this scandal that we were all like really excited about and i believe i think nobel's just like he was starting to play thug two less so he asked me to play and take it over and so at the time it was this this, like such a secret that nobody could know but it's funny like looking back on it to tell that story (laughs) you post this that's just crazy i love it yeah Oh my! Talk about some of the people that you have played with that are underrated that perhaps many would not be familiar with. Um, there's not a ton of players that I think people wouldn't be familiar with, but I would want to mention. I think Code is one of the best players that yes. has ever played this game, and I don't think he gets mentioned enough. Um, just because he was somebody that got recruited into Sin and kind of became well known in the community. Um, like a year after I got really into it. And so he finally joined Sin, but I do think like he's one of the best players I've ever seen play this game for sure. He's in like the top five uh, conversation of best players ever, in my opinion. So for the the listeners out there, (laughs) Code and Encoded are two different players. Yes, this is true. But uh, I do do definitely agree because Code strikes me as the kind of player that can not play for years and come back and deliver an awesome video, which he did. Yeah, he came back and he 
did great in that techless tournament and then he uh posted a no manual which was like one of the better videos i've ever seen so he hasn't lost it i'd love for him to play more So we're gonna take a look at a couple of videos here. We've got uh, we've got a ruckus group of people in the lobby now because we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna play some slim firefight here shortly. But um, uh, we're getting there, so be patient. Thanks everybody for being patient with us. As as I love that everybody's showing off and and making sure we're socially properly social distanced in game. <laughs> That's super important. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, so let's take a look at a couple of, of YouTube videos here. Uh, I'll get those up here now. I had, it's funny, right before this episode started, my, my streaming program completely crashed. <laughs> so I had to, like, quick run and get everything back up um, and running before before the broadcast, and my computer was just rebooting. So at any rate, it does not matter. Here we are. Uh, so you had, the, you had a couple parts in the Sin Mixtape series, and uh, did you enjoy filming parts for those? Was there a ton of pressure going on? Let's take a look at those. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so I only had like one small part in mixtape one. Uh, that was I think they were working on it right when I joined, um, and it was very right at the start of Thug Two. For mixtape two, um, we I think we spent forever trying to make this video. Like I made the end and then gave it over I think to Encoded, and he edited the rest of the video. Um, but I am just terrible at finding transfers. And so something else I'd like to admit to the group of audience viewers is that a lot of um, the transfers, pretty much all of Manhattan transfers that were my transfers in this video were actually code using my skater and doing the transfers for me because I couldn't do them. He tried to teach me them, still couldn't do them. So he said, screw it, I'm just gonna pose as you. Um, which is so nice. He didn't have to do that. He just wanted the entire clan to have representation throughout the video. <laughs> wow. true, true confessions with Slim here all on the podcast. All this, all this talk of posing, we might be actually interviewing Code right now. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, are I you think actually it's, Code? <laughs> I've never seen – yeah, I mean, I love that you could change your name and be whoever you wanted to be on this game. Like, I think that's one of the cooler things that just was part of the PS2 era. Oh my goodness, so funny! But I would, <clears throat> but the uh, the improv parts are me, so I want people to know that for sure. Um, but I'd say I'm like I love this video. Maybe I've seen it too many times, but every time somebody's like, I love the Sin mixtape too, and I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. I've seen tons of better videos, but this was our like very we were very proud of this video at the time. So it was a long, painstaking process to finish it, but. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to make, and I wish we would have made more videos. Like, I'm sure I think Dode, you asked me for some videos to send you over, and I like hardly made any. Um, I just lived online doing improv over and over, and that's how I chose to play the game rather than like spend time creating things. It was just such a pain to capture stuff back then too, you know. I mean, that's <clears throat> I think that's the hard, that's the biggest thing to remember because if you didn't have a capture device and you couldn't, you had to bug somebody to capture back then, you know. So right. So Slim, you had a part in the Sin Transfer Contest Part Two video. <clears throat> How did you end up placing, and who were the top placers? Yeah, so I I judged it. I didn't participate, um, and. 
it was a lot of fun. Like I basically put that whole thing on by myself. So I was, the concept was you would just have people submit just short clips of transfers over to you. Like Mike, who's in the room right now, participated in that. Um, and then we did the first one and that was before I joined. And then the second one um, was both uh, Thug 1 and Thug 2 transfers. And there was some, there's actually some really cool stuff in there. Like um, Protocol had a lot of cool stuff. Um, I think Sama ended up winning it. Code had some good transfers, um, which looking back on it, like I said earlier, I think anyone, I think you need like these neutral judges because it was the subjective thing, but I would love, and I mean, we could put it on or anybody could put it on to put on another transfer contest video or transfer contest and then make that video because it would be like, a great representation of everything that's awesome, like one of the best transfer videos to come out. Um, but yeah, it's a really fun, unique uh, contest. I I will admit that I had not seen this video, and I think I heard of the contest, but I just, it wasn't, I, I was never a big transfer person. Anyway, this was a blast to watch. So did you guys, uh, a follow-up question to it that's off the cuff, yeah. did you guys have... Did you guys, like, set the level and say everybody submit a clip from we're looking at Vancouver right now? Did you say that, yeah. or was it just where wherever you want? No, it was literally, like, you send me a clip, and I'll put it in the we'll, – we'll judge it, and you might make it, you might not. Um, we didn't really have – it was kind of, like, uh, super off-the-cuff, no rules, basically. And so, I mean, now we probably have to say, like, these texts are allowed and, and whatnot, but – some of them, like, aren't necessarily, like, the transfers we know. Like, some of them are, like, almost mini no-manual. <clears throat> and so uh, we had no rules, essentially. It was just give me your best clip, and I'll put it in here, and we'll judge it. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is fun to watch. And then no tournament can be ran without its fair share of controversy. So of course. I think people, I think people were, like, <laughs> complaining toward the end, and uh, we actually, like, switched all the judges up for the last round just so people would stop saying that certain judges were biased or, or not. So, uh, but it was fun. It was a fun video. Like I edited the whole video and put that out. Um, and it turned out pretty well. Yeah, it's great. I was super, it was really fun. That's, I tell you what, doing these podcasts, I've been exposed to more videos and more content <clears> than, you know, cause there's just certain things that, you know, you just, you can't watch it all, or at least I can't. <laughs> and right. uh, it's so fun to get exposure to this because this is awesome stuff. Just I'm enjoying watching it even right now while we're talking. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about Slim Firefight here. So very much like this, um, I was just it was during Thug One sometime, I think, but I was in, or I was in a game with some people in Manhattan. And I was thinking how funny it would be if – there was this hide-and-seek style game, um, but it originally was created to... Uh, all Everyone on the red team actually hid together. So they would be in this little group that would move around the level. And now it's since um, kind of morphed into this other <coughs> set. And so as I was describing the rules, hearing them say, like, it, which is funny because it's like the way it evolved into nothing like I actually imagined the game to be. Um, but I just wanted, I wanted the concept to be like, everybody was hiding in like the room at the very top of the tower, um, in that one large building in Manhattan. And then as soon as the seeker came in, everybody scattered like ants. And that, that concept just sounded hilarious. 
<clears throat> but since then, I like never played it again. So I played it that first time, and I never played it again. And when I got back on Discord in 2018, I searched for the name, and I saw everybody talking about Firefight. I was like, what is this game mode that I made? And so <laughs> I was just as surprised as everybody else like that people are still playing this, which is very cool. <laughs> well, you just answered both of the questions we had surrounding some Firefight. So, crap, when do we go? Is there, like, a period of time that everybody waits? It's 30 seconds, so 30 as soon as Crad says, okay. says go, he starts looking. But since then, I saw it get posted, and people are doing it, like, crazy hard mode. They're turning off name tags. They're putting the firefight level at the hardest possible, so everybody stays in these games, like, way too long. Um, I've been playing with a few people, and it's actually a lot of fun. Nice. Glad I'm glad it um, kept it, glad people kept playing for sure. It's pretty cool to see all these like little renegade games and stuff that kind of ended up going on, uh, you know, over time because the regular game modes, you know, there's only so many times you can play the regular game modes so that people can, you know, so that uh, people can actually find new and inventive ways like god graffiti is one that i'm familiar with that people played and you know um what's god graffiti god graffiti is everybody plays graffiti and i think the way that it ends up is there's one person that has to um end up with just one tag and so everybody else is trying to make it so that that one person whoever is it they're the god i guess they've got to tag something that nobody else can find and they've got to end up with one tag isn't that right freddie isn't that how god graffiti works i'm actually not familiar with god graffiti oh my goodness interesting <laughs> yeah so that's another one so if anybody can give the lowdown on the god graffiti in chat and shoot me down if, if you need to um, but i think it's pretty close to something like that. So when did your interest in, initially in the series start to wane and fade? Uh, I, I would say it's when American Wasteland came out. Um, I was such like a style purist with like the way the tricks looked and, and spun and things like that. But when Thaw came out, they changed the animation of all the tricks. So everything to me looked just kind of a lot uglier. And that's probably when I started thinking I was kind of over those games. I looked at those notes that I posted in that online skaters um, post from a long time ago. And the only thing I said, um, my least favorite memory of when it came out. So at the time I was like, so bitter, like how bad American wasteland was, but looking back and playing some of the levels, thug pro, it wasn't that bad. I think the whole community just started becoming older and everybody was, um, aging out of that time when they had the ability to play constantly um, every day, all day. And so combining that with just getting more social at school and in life, uh, while I was playing Underground 1 and 2, I basically had no life. I was such a recluse, and I've heard a lot of people kind of say that as well. Um, looking back on it, I have, like, mixed feelings on should I have spent all that time just, like, hours and hours and hours playing these games. Um, but eventually I finally started doing things that weren't just Tony Hawk's Pro Skater <clears throat> and uh, 
started playing other games. I remember Guitar Hero was so time and so Guitar Hero at the time took spot of everything I was doing with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I competed in a Guitar Hero tournament at the time as well. Really? I moved, yeah, I moved my my interest to a different game, and I had other friends that actually played Guitar Hero versus pretty much I was the only person I knew that actually played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater like hardcore online. So um, <clears throat> that was when it first started, but I think as it as the newer games came out um, and they started adding all these weird new features and then they had to transfer to the next-gen platform, uh, Project 8 and Proving Ground and started competing with Skate and had to add these like real-life features that didn't really belong in the series, which I'm really glad that like 1 and 2 is back to its arcade-style game rather than skateboard. Like, I think Pro Skater is so far away from what a skateboard game actually is. It's like its own little experience. Totally different than most people think about the game. Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <clears throat> the final video in the clip that you captured for the for the Neversoft games was on the Project 8 demo. Was that your final attempt to fall in love with the series again? I'd say it wasn't an attempt to fall in love. It was more I remember when Thug 2 came out, Gonzo made a video playing Thug 2 before the game actually came out. And that might be, that's what my memory is. It might be wrong. Um, but I remember watching that video and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool that he was able to get on this game, make an improv video extremely early and release it as this cool, cool viewing experience for everybody who hasn't even got to play the game yet. And so um, this video is from the demo. And so a lot of people didn't have a, I think it was only available on Xbox 360. And so I downloaded the demo and capped this as like my first run playing that <clears throat> demo. And I wanted to give the community that like preview that <clears throat> Gonzo gave for us back in the day. And so that was kind of my attempt to create this like video and how improv could work on project eight, but I never actually bought the game. So it was just from the free demo. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even actually end up buying the game, but you like wanted to try to hype it up with this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was it was more like how how does the skill level from these old games transfer to the brand new one? So Sure. Um and then I forgot this video, like I forgot to even make the video until I think uh C Walker sent me some links to other people uh libraries and I saw search for an aim and uh like I have almost no recollection of making it. It's interesting. I remember when Project Eight came out, and it was the first one on Next Gen. <clears throat> Next yeah. Gen at the time, it was the first one on Next Gen at the time where it, you you truly could play it as one open world. You really couldn't on American Wasteland because of the loading tunnels, but you could on Project Eight. And I always right. I always was like, man, I wonder if somebody's going to make like a no manual or something that encompasses the entire world and i never really saw it you know i saw a few uh, there were so few videos made of of this you know from the older group i know some newer players played it and made some videos and whatever else but i i just always thought man the videos are gonna be crazy no no manuals are gonna be over the top and it, it just was never really realized right yeah i've seen a few people suggest the open world concept for the newer game and i just i think the series thrives in that like single concept where you're confined to create a run or a line in 
a very small space. Like, <clears throat> I love those very first videos of Pro Skater 1 warehouse that, like, Elindel or Coffin made that are those one lines, and they're the only lines in the level, basically, that you can make um, work for scoring points. And so an open world kind of defeats the pur- – I mean, it doesn't defeat the purpose, but it gives a lot of um, variance to – where those scoring lines could be and um, just the creativity you have to be to find a line that works in us. I think is cool. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, what brought you back? What brought you back to, I, I think from what we've said, <clears throat> you messed around with HD or whatever, but yeah, when did you start to get interested in the series again after, after kind of this point? Yeah. I think it always coincides with those like new game announcements, get people hyped the series again and then everybody comes back on Thug Pro or downloads Thug Pro for the first time but it was definitely uh, I'd say the podcast had a little bit to do with it um, I was reminiscing on some of those old episodes and like remembering things that I had never thought about in 15 years right. which is a weird <laughs> experience right sure <clears throat> um, and so definitely just the announcement um, I listened I think Mr. Freeze interviewed Ice Bears and at some point in that podcast, Ice Bears accidentally says something about the new game. And at that point, I was like, this thing's definitely coming out. So by then, I was like thinking about getting back on Thug Pro and figuring it out. And so the day of the announcements, when I got back on Thug Pro for a while, <clears throat> and then for a few weeks, I was just playing this constantly. That's interesting that the podcast, I would have never thought about that. <laughs> the podcast is what is what uh, sparks some interest for you. It, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. We're, we're doing services, people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious how many people aren't playing that do still listen to it. So it goes beyond just the, I think, immediate community. Yeah, I think it does to a degree. We get we get huge. I mean, not huge. I mean, we get we get a fair uh, amount of of watches on YouTube. We get a, we get a few listens on iTunes and Spotify as well. So, yeah. So, upon returning to the community, what were your impressions and opinion and opinions of Thug Pro? When I first came back, um, it took me a while to figure it out. So I had a Mac for a while, or I have a Mac now, and it, I could not figure out for the life of me about how to get Thug Pro working. So I've tried for years to actually make it work, and then finally came back, um, got it working in 2018. And when I came back, like I said earlier, everybody's doing text, and the commu- like just the improv style is so different. Um, but I love the community of Discord and how nice people actually are to each other, so nobody's like going and spamming and getting banned from each other's form. Like, everybody's just so kind. Um, and viewing how people do improv now versus back then also just changed the way I thought about playing as well. So everybody, like, the concept back then for me was very much like have a good flow and use your tricks correctly, whereas now, like I said earlier, it's a lot more just like showing this unexpected move that nobody was thought you could do or something you haven't done before yourself. Uh, so have you, well, you, you're, you've already answered this question, but let's, let's <laughs> throw this out there. 
do you have any plans uh, in the in the works with all of these sim players coming back up and the new invite of Tyler? Do you have a new do you have a new uh, sin mixtape uh, being planned or in the works? I would say it's in the works. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say we've done a lot with it, but we've, we've talked a lot about it. So I think uh, a lot of us have all these ideas on, oh, it'd be really cool to do that. Um, but it takes time. And I'm sure back then we like, it felt like we took a year to make some mixtape too, but I'm sure we put it together in a month. You know, uh, I feel like time just moves so much faster now. So maybe in a year you could see it. Time just moved faster now. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> it just goes faster every year. <laughs> uh, talk a little bit. Tell us about the Techless tournament from 2018. Yeah, that it was really cool that I got back on Thug Pro, and then, then um, I guess just NFA put it on, or somebody put it on, um, and I couldn't do any techs. So when they started this Techless tournament. I was just very happy to then participate because it kind of evened the playing field for those older players who hadn't learned the techs or aren't good at them or thought they didn't belong in the game. <clears throat> but it was this uh, one-versus-one tournament that was announced, and originally I did not submit a video to get into the tournament, and I capped and capped and capped because you could do it as many times as you want and was never happy with anything because I was just fresh coming back for the first time in 16 years and I didn't submit a video so they announced the bracket and then enough people complained that they didn't see it on time or they wanted it in so they made a B bracket with the players that were left over oh. and so I got into the B bracket and luckily a lot of the players in the B bracket were not as good as the players in the A bracket and so I ended up winning the B bracket and then I was in the like final four of the tournament, um, luckily. And then I got demolished. I'm, I think I'm not sure who won, but the people that were actually in the finals were extremely good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a cool concept. I remember reading about it. Not, not I've never been a big tournament guy, but <clears throat> at any rate, this is this is cool. This is fun watching this too. This is seeing some newer clips that isn't that aren't potato quality <laughs> yeah that's like, yeah. we get with so much of the old stuff so I love yeah that. i love the the concept of the tournament as well was you got a, an infinite amount of time to cap a two-minute run so um you can do it as many times as you want which is pretty unlike most improv tournaments which i appreciated but i also spent just hours and hours and hours trying to get the perfect clip sure um, which kind of kind of reminds me of like even playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, you would spend hours just restarting the warehouse trying to get that like perfect run to do a replay on. Uh, so it was a fun tournament. Love it. Uh, so our good friend Tyler had the honor of joining uh, Skaters in Neutral, becoming the first <laughs> new member in 15 years, uh, which is cool. Um, so with him getting the invite there that day on the podcast it was a memorable time. It was one of the most memorable we've had on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. What what was it about Tyler that made him that made Sin welcome him to the family, and does that leave the door open for more new members in the future? Yeah, we. So we had been talking about whether or not we wanted new members to come in or join Sin, and we hadn't had a new member like you said on the podcast for 
like 16 years. And so uh, as we were talking about people or talking about people to recruit, and so there were a few people that were like, these players are really good, but everybody's already in a clan. So I don't know if <clears throat> we're at the point where we can just come back randomly and start asking people to join Sin because who knows if we're even going to. And so <clears throat> Tyler was one of the few people that we actually wasn't even a plan. So a few people approached us um, that I won't name that were attempting to join Sin that were already in clans. We're just questioning their loyalty at that point. You know, sure. you don't want somebody who's going to bounce after uh, a month of joining the clan. And so Defects was actually the first person to bring it up to the group. And so <clears throat> he brought up Tyler's um, things he's uh, his YouTube channel and commitment to the uh, series as a whole and just his just unrelentless passion for everything that skater uh, really caught our eye. And we heard him on the podcast. And for some reason, I never necessarily listened to them live. Mm -hmm. um, but that one I did. And I heard him saying that he wanted to join Sin. And so spontaneously, I wrote a message to the group and said, let's invite him. And so... Uh, I asked the question in the chat, and it worked out. We're very happy. He said yes. I think one of one of our fears was he was going to uh, publicly deny us podcast, <laughs> and so we're which I totally would have respected as a power move, being like, "No, I'm just trolling you." But he said yes, and it was a really cool moment, and I'm glad we got it audio. Uh, I won't say too much because I, I won't, I, you know, he's got to say what he's going to say. But when we were talking with him, you know, he, when he saw Sin members kind of showing back, I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to join Sin. They're crazy. Yeah. They're like my favorite group and everything else. So, so yeah, there's, there was, uh, you, you had, uh, I could see where you'd be a little bit scared that he might say no, but there was not going to be any question that he would have uh, said yes, uh, instantly. So, yeah, I think I heard him on. He was on the uh, your one and two suggestion roundtable. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. stream right. So right. I listened to all that. Oh okay. And yeah, I love like he had some great input as well. And so like I, I learned to really respect um, just his position. I totally agree with him that the soundtrack doesn't matter. Everyone should chill out. Soundtrack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really like him. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. I've known him for a while and uh, got to meet him in person when we went down to San Diego and got to go to the event there. And uh, he's super, super cool. One of the, one of my nice. favorite people I've ever uh, been involved with in the series. <clears throat> That's great. Yeah. I mean, as, as far as new members, um, Sin's open for business. So if people want to join, let me know. Um, I'd love to start growing the clan and getting people that are active and want to continue aim and build something cool again. I love you know, our, the timelessness of our clan and our family and how we've been around. But I would love to get some new blood in here and get it going. That's awesome. <clears throat> or if there's a clan that wants to merge and take the sin name, that would be even easier. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so if TXO wants to become sin, let's do it. You guys say that uh, when when Slim when when uh, Slim joined Sin, he had to remove the zero 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 two one. Did you guys make Tyler remove the lasagna from his name? No, 
And in fact, <laughs> I think he should he should put it back in. I don't think he's ever worn lasagna in game though, has he? <clears throat> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Okay. So the players, gonna... the, the the players in the game are su- suggesting that the game should be ended. Yep. I'm all <laughs> over it. Okay. <laughs> and everybody gets slapped immediately because we have slaps on. Are you back in the game? So here you are. I'm in here. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Okay, so let's talk a little bit now about. Oh, sorry, that's your question, Freddie. I'm jumping all over you. So Slim let us know ahead of the broadcast that he had designed the cover from one of our former guests, Slate Man's book, the Tony Hawk's Gaming Domination: The Rise and Fall of the Hawk Gaming Franchise. How did that even come about? And have you known Slate Man for quite a while? So I did not know Slate Man. Um... He posted the cover and the concept of the book. I think it was like a preview of it on Reddit. <clears throat> and I, was, I thought the concept was incredible, but the cover was awful. And so <laughs> I, I think I commented and said, I'll redesign it for you because this is great. You put so much work into this. I want you to have a great cover as well. So he reached out to me and said, sure, like whatever you want to do, go ahead. Um, and so then I took way too long to get it, get back to him and actually give it to him. So he's in this position where he wants to like put his book out, but he also wants to cover. So I finally spent the day and did it. Um, got it to him. Uh, the photo that's on there is like a picture of Tony Hawk that he took himself that he was very proud of. So he sent that picture over to me and I created the like logo for the book out of that as well. Um, and then he tweaked the file a bit after I sent it back to him, but turned out pretty good. He sent me a digital copy of the book and I got thanked inside of it as well um he's gonna have to write another one when one and two comes out yeah <laughs> i think it was a it was a cool connection i made because i used to look at those planet tony hawk sites back in the day when i was looking up cheat codes even on pro skater one and two so cool that we were able to connect yeah he was uh he was an awesome guest to have on the podcast he was just it was just a lot of fun he was a guy that i have mass not had have and just all his stuff from way back then and so so much fun but i think i don't even think the new game was announced when we had him on as a guest yeah i don't think so either so yeah we'll have to get him uh we'll have to get him i don't know if back on the podcast or something but uh i'm sure we're doing this event coming up with a panel for the demo drop and then we'll probably do i I, if it if it goes well and everybody enjoys it we'll probably do another panel i'd love to get his take on it too because he's got such a he's got probably one of the most old school takes on the series Mm -hmm. out of all of our guests i mean he was there from the very very beginning and and he had a some really awesome perspective so yeah i i always appreciate somebody who cares enough about the series that i think we all do yes there's no doubt about it i mean that guy is i mean gosh just it's just amazing the stuff that he's done and everything else so <clears throat> all right so let's speaking about that let's go ahead and segue right into this uh here we are the new game coming out are you excited for the new game i'm very excited um my expectations are very low, so <laughs> I'm trying. Like I, I saw the uh, original trailer, and I was very worried because it felt like it had this like 
HD or Press Gator 5 vibe to the gameplay. And then I saw the like Jack Black gameplay and the other released B-roll footage. And it made me feel a little bit better. And then knowing that Andy's connected to it and knowing that um, seeing some of the other stuff, just the rollout in general, I think 5 felt so thrown together, whereas they're just taking their time and they're announcing it you know, eight months ahead of time. And the gameplay actually looks like incredibly better than any of the other newer titles. So I think it's going to be awesome. I don't think the, just the way that online gameplay works now, um, which we'll talk about, will be able to cultivate the like community aspect that um, the old games were able to, but I do think we're going to get some cool videos out of it. Hopefully it grows into something much bigger than just one and two. Absolutely. <clears throat> I feel that this new title could reignite the fire for this series among older players as well as introduce a new generation of players to it. So I think it d- depends on the online play and the shareability of some of the um, like the clips and what we're able to put out there to the um so naturally, the series is going to be very, or the game's going to be very focused on scoring and high scores, and I think they talked about leaderboards and like that. And that's really boring to share. So if you had to watch somebody do a scoring line for, you know, 30 minutes to get this high score, like that's not something you can share out and it becomes popular on Reddit um, with the gaming community in general. Whereas games like Fortnite or Call of Duty have these very shareable clips that everybody's able to go check out and then say, oh, wait, I want to play too. So Tony Hawk, this is the series in general, has always had to toe that line on, like, to be really good at this game, you also have to, like, hold these combos for a really long time, and a lot of people get turned off immediately because it's really hard to get really good at the game. <clears throat> yeah. it's That's one of the things that I've noticed about people that come on to Fun Pro <clears throat> Somebody that's never played the series, they go into an online lobby and let's drug pro and they see all this tech and everybody. And, you know, if, if it's an unpassworded room and they just get I've read it over and over they're they're just <clears throat> discouraged because they're just like, I I'm nowhere near this good. <laughs> right. I wonder if I wonder if we're going to see some of that in one plus two as well. I hadn't really considered that because veteran players of the series should have a natural knack to be good at the game, I think. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be a ton of people, and it depends on how they do on play the time people that stick around that are new and get good at the game. So, and I think a lot of the community that's loving Thug Pro is going to stay on Thug Pro because as soon as that demo drops, there's going to be a ton of people just complaining about every little thing that's wrong, right? And yeah. so if yes, but Thug, but sure. Thug Pro, we have Thug Pro. Hopefully, we continue to support Thug Pro, um, and I'm sure everybody's going to eventually go back to Thug Pro. <laughs> Interesting. There's a hot take. Yeah. Uh, so there's been quite a bit of speculation surrounding if online play in the new game will feature matchmaking or be more of the style of online lobbies as during the Neversoft years. Which is your preference and why? So you mentioned this in that Dana um, podcast, which I think is – I love just talking about these very specific like this or that things. Mm-hmm. Um so the, I think they both have their benefits. So the online lobby is something that helped create the community in a way that matchmaking can't, where you can get to know people, 
chat in the lobby. You can just free skate around if you Whereas the matchmaking aspect, you don't really get that. You just play the game. Everyone's focused on the game. Once it's over, you get kicked out to a lobby. Uh, so I'm really interested to see if there is that like free skate aspect to one and two's online mode or not. Um, I would definitely prefer lobby system but i haven't seen that in a long time in any modern games yeah so who who really knows at this point if i had a bet definitely going to be this matchmaking experience but i would love for them to bring back the lobby system yeah Hmm. uh, if you have if you're holding out for like text chat in game the uh, the the only version that has a real chance for that would be the pc version i would think um, yeah, and... it'll be interesting to do voice chat though because I didn't really voice chat with anybody playing originally. Everybody just did text chat. Yeah, um, and I didn't have. Occasionally, I would like wire up my headset to my computer and Skype with a few people, but I, even then, I had like my TVs on the other side of the room, so I had this really long head. So it's gonna be. Uh, Kind of cool to actually be able to talk to people while you're playing. <laughs> For sure. But when you play the new game online or offline, will you be representing the Sin Clan? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> if if you can change your name, though. So, I mean, I'm sure if I join a random lobby in a random game and one and two, no one's in it. I think a lot of the new players bug pro think anyone in a clan is like this snobby clan person that um is ultra elite player whereas the game used to have a ton of just casual um newer clans that were forming all the time which i loved part of the community Um, but i don't think vicarious visions is thinking about any type of uh tony ox appreciator clan system because it's just not naturally a game that like leads to Right. A large clan base. <clears throat> right. But I'd love to. We actually convinced some newer players uh, like a month ago that anyone in a clan was actually sponsored and was getting paid. And so <laughs> I, I like things like things like that in the chat is why I love the chat is because you can screw with people and have these just funny conversations. But they actually went on the Reddit and posted about whether or not people that play Thug Pro in a clan got paid money. <laughs> What's the salary of a veteran sin sin uh, clan member, Slim? What's that I mean, like? <laughs> thousands of dollars. Thousands. There are a couple zeros. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Uh, so, how long after the release of the new game do you think it will be before we see the first truly impressive improv or transfer video? I think within the first minute that it's released, everyone's going to be rushing to yeah. create the first video. <laughs> um, I'm sure that first day there's going to be tons of really impressive footage, uh, kind of like what I was saying about that Gonza video. Like I really remember that because it's the first time I saw this great improv in this first, like new game. And yeah. so everybody's going to be trying to do this. I but agree. I'm interested to see like what that actually looks like and if, People are going to be doing these transfer videos that are half Thug Pro, half One Two, and a full 
you know, one and two transfer vision really put together well. I'm really excited. Yeah. Doing with it. I think it's going to be streamed to death. I think that demo is going to be so overstreamed. It's not even funny, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're streaming it. it, so what can I say? I <laughs> I can't judge when I'm when when we're gonna do it too. So <clears throat> yeah, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, definitely the demo will be out by, then. but I guess not. Yeah, they're clearly not taking uh, feedback from the demo to change things. It does not sound like <clears throat> right. It's possible that scoring could once again matter the most in a Tony Hawk game. I think if so, I'm hoping that one and two turns into this more. Um, I I want it to have a long life cycle rather than like this yearly release that the old games had. I think that's part of the reason why they died off is they kept having to like outdo themselves every year. Whereas games like Fortnite or Rocket League are able to have these really long life cycles and they just keep getting improvements instead of forcing everyone to. So if Activision wants to create that kind of community, they're going to need to continue to add love, new adding um, reasons for people to stay on the game. And the biggest reason I think for that would be making online mode great. And the only way online mode would be great is to have this really stellar leaderboard scoring system. So I do think, Boring will have a huge in the new um, experience. And I think a lot of the improv people that don't really do any whoring are going to start trying to top those leaderboards and get back into it on two. So that's what Predator 5 really Remember, Airwig was super into trying to get on those leaderboards um, Pro Skater 5, even though the gameplay wasn't great. It was still fun to try to top the leaderboards. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a uh, it, it'll it always seems like people exploit those leaderboards eventually, um, but at yeah. first I think it, you'll see some true scores, and I think it'll be pretty cool to actually feel like oh my gosh I'm a contender on the leaderboards because I've got good right. skill. So uh, yeah, I think go ahead. The, on, the only way the only way that they could maybe combat that is if the runs were all like the replays were all saved for you, you go watch each one. So if somebody was doing glitches, it could be moderated, taken off. Yep. I think that's the problem. All those leaderboards eventually got glitched and everything was billions of points and yep. nothing was real. Right. <clears throat> yeah, so. it's got to be moderated. I agree 100%. And I think it, I, hopefully they support it and they moderate it for a period of time. I think eventually, you know, as games go, but agree. Yeah. Hopefully there's Definitely. good content. All right, so let's talk about create a park mode, and we're going to go ahead and show a mock-up that you had done, uh, kind of thinking what this could look like for like more of a creative level. So uh, what do you hope to see included in this aspect of the game? I know you expressed earlier that you really weren't into creative parks. You felt like they weren't really very realized. Let's talk about that a bit. Yeah, uh, so I originally this is based on this UI mock-up I did for – a concept I was thinking about um, called THPS Online. And this was before the game was announced. I knew there was like talks of the game coming out, but um, I just had this thing in my head where maybe very focused on experience, kind of like Rocket League, but Tony Hawk. Um, so I took that concept and brought it over to what eventually the creative level could be. So I think what's lacking in 
the current create a park is that the environment the same all um, objects all feel the same and so when you play one it's not playing a real level so ideally in the perfect world that won't happen be this um, more of a creative level experience where it feels like an actual level and even better would be these collaborative features where multiple people could be changing the level of and even cooler would be if cer certain people could skate the level while things were moving around. So that concept, I think, could be something uh, very interesting compared to the normal creative park. I love all of this. <laughs> I've imagined what things could be. I liked in Proving Ground. Um, I, I, it didn't sound like you played Proving Ground, but they had kind no. of an idea where you could drop objects into the object in the rigor mode, it was called. And yeah. so you could, you know, you could set up like a line and then, you know, put a dumpster there and then like mm -hmm. a, a, a barricade or something and then, you know, make a quarter pipe somewhere in the level and then and then actually play it in the real level. So they were starting to get there in the Neversoft yeah. towards the end. They were really starting to uh, flirt with that more. But uh, this is – it would take it to a whole other place, and the, the longevity of the game would be through the roof for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, if people could make actual levels that compete with the other levels, like the actual in-game levels, um, that would really make create a – leads to the final question from myself and dode man cool slim slim what is your top favorite all-time memory from playing the tony hawk series and do you have a fun story to go along with it i think i told stories to most of my memories i'd say top memory i'd say was when i finally got invited into sin and i thought it was like the biggest life accomplishment in the world i remember just feeling so proud of myself for weeks because i finally got into dedicated weeks and then uh along with that was when i finally was able to read the like sin only forums and go through like all the trash they were talking about different people and <laughs> a few compliments i was given and that was really cool um also another memory would be when i finally played the i thought that was incredible that there was still something that covered the game um were able to play so really it was just my mind was blown. it's the same way i feel text that this has been here the whole time and we're just now um those are all the ones that and then some of the other stuff with the posing and the tournaments was a fun memory as well <laughs> Great stories. You've had some really fun ones. I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed that. So we're going to transition now to a few questions from Discord. We don't have tons, but uh, let's go ahead and hit those. Uh, the first cool. one is from Vic. Uh, I think that's how you'd say it. It's got the one V, one C, but I'm going to say Vic just because that's <laughs> how I read it. So uh, he says, uh, Slim was the first player I observed doing late spins, and I later adopted it for most of my time on uh, Thug One. How did he begin to late spin, and how come he doesn't anymore? Ooh. Uh, I wouldn't say I don't do them. I might not do them as do them. Uh, I think No Bales started 
doing a late spin, which I can demonstrate. I mean, it's just like a sound. It's just, oops, <clears throat> I haven't played for hours. So it's <laughs> doing the trick, spinning late. So kind of like that. Uh, but I remember during that tournament when I was uh, posing as him, I was trying to emulate his gameplay. And so I started doing that. Uh, adopted it for myself. So, I believe we have another question from Vic, who says, when he first ran into Slim on Thug Pro, he revealed how big of a fan he was and mailed Slim his <clears throat> PS2 controller to sign and mail back. He hasn't gotten it back yet. Did you manage to <laughs> ship it out? <laughs> uh it still must be in the mail, you know, with the <laughs> pandemic and just the way that the mail system has been delayed. I'm sh <laughs> sorry, Vic. It's on its way. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Controllers exactly. in the mail with signature. <laughs> uh, Vic says, I still recall an in real life picture of you <clears throat> on Thug Live and you had one of the sharpest jawlines I'd ever seen. Do you still have that or did you gain some weight? So, another secret I'm sorry to reveal to everyone. I used to Photoshop my pictures quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> no way. You're the big No, I mean... <laughs> I love it. It was, it was definitely me, I think. Uh, that's actually funny. I'm sure I, like, made my, like, job. But I used to, we used to, like, Photoshop hair to look a little more emo. It was, like, cringy looking back on it. Um, so funny. But yeah, I'm just doing jawline exercise today. So you mean to you mean to tell me Slim was trying to look like Zach Morris on purpose? That's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to do. We have a question from Prohad. He says, "As a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater three PC player, I thought I was a good King of the Hill player, and as one of my first few forays <laughs> into." Thug one PS2, King of the Hill. I played a game with some members of Sin, and they crushed my 12-year-old dreams. Does this make Slim proud? It makes me very proud. As a, <laughs> as a, as a former improv player, new cosplayer, I am looking forward to continuing to crush dreams. Are you still there, Slim? I think I lost you. Yeah. Can you okay. hear me? Yeah. Okay. Did you hear my answer? Uh, most of it. Okay. Yeah, I'm here now. Okay. Perfect. Uh, all right. There's a couple of duplicate questions, so we're not skipping. We had one that Vic had and one that CDOT had, but we already talked about both of those. So the final question from Discord is from Warpig, and um, per his normal, he always adds a little bit of personal touch to this i always love, love this uh, he says i remember when he came back on thug pro and how you wanted to contribute and donate i'm unaware of the motivation but i found that to be very humble from your part i never knew what happened after that but my question is this what what was your initial reaction when you first found the community of tony hawk's pro skater back again oh my goodness he's got like several questions um <laughs> 
Uh, and along with that, what would you say your perception of the community has changed over the months that you have been back? Negative, positive, or more negative than positive? No tricky question. Glad to see Sin back in action. You could f- answer however you feel like answering. Uh, so, so specifically on the contribute thing, I think when I came back, I wanted to specifically redesign the it's kind of talking about concepts I was thinking about, but <clears throat> I was just curious how far we could push some of the uh, aspects of the way that Thug Pro was built and make it more of ours rather than just like play this Thug 2 UI, which people have done a great job at changing and making their own customization um and i'm sure i was like i'll give people money because this is the best thing i've seen um just in my pro skater career we've got to with thug pro it's like all of my dreams as a 14 year old come true yes right? yes uh, <clears throat> but i guess to the other question um the community just from what it used to be is just way less toxic. I think a lot of us have grown up. You've talked about the, the, we were all very angsty teenagers back then. 30 or 40 year olds, just still playing pro skater. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move now into some questions in Twitch chat. So we've got a couple starting there. Uh, the first one is, uh, Biz asks, do you like ice cream? I am neutral on ice cream. I think it tastes great, but I try to avoid it because the carb. That's fair. We have a question from Nevada in the Twitch chat. He says, if you could bring anyone back to the modern Thug Pro scene, who would it be? Uh, So I would bring back just somebody that should be playing all the time would be Code. I would love for him to hop back on a lot more often. But I do think Vex and Encoded all be two players that I haven't seen in a long time. would be great to see them back in the community and um, I'd love to see what they could do with the modern tech. I mean, <clears throat> like Encoded created the Encoded dropdown, and I would love to see what he could do with something. He was also a great King of the Hill player. Nice. We got one more question from Nevada. Uh, he asks, besides the remaining levels, what is a feature or functionality you would like to see come to Thug Pro? Uh, I would say... As I alluded to earlier, just drifting would be. Oh, sorry, to Thug Pro, I think too. Um, I'm not sure. I think everything's pretty much covered. Uh, I would love for the custom levels, some of the moving ground ones, to be just default to the game. But I think everything's incredible. Nothing. But- clipped out on me again they're slim i think i caught most of your answer though oh sorry yeah that's all right <clears throat> all right we're gonna we're gonna wind her down i'll give one more uh, ask any any questions in the uh, twitch chat before we wrap it up here uh tonight with slim we 
looks like we are pretty well covered. Cool. So, Slim, uh, as has become our custom now, um, I'm not trying to mimic hot ones <laughs> or anything, but is there anything that you want to say that we haven't talked about? Anything that you've got going on? Anything that you'd like to mention? Anything that we haven't covered that you've got on your mind? Uh, floor is yours. Great. Uh, so I was talking to the Sin guys, and we were trying to come up with a cool announcement or something we wanted to be able to say we had planned for the community, and we've got nothing. So I don't have an announcement. I'm really excited to play with everyone one and two. Excited to keep playing uh, Thug Pro. The community's been great, and I uh, I love everyone. <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> cool. Well, Slim, thank you so much. Thanks for doing this. This has been a fun episode. I've sure enjoyed You've had some great stories, just some of the stories of the sleuthing and the clans and all the other stuff. It's just been really fun to chat with you. And like I said, I mean, I've seen you around. I'm sure we probably played a time or two back in the day. Um, I've, I've pretty much remember most everybody that we've had on for the most part. And uh, it's been fun. It's I just you know we invite people on that we respect and we know to be awesome players and great people parts of this community in the series and and uh to get to know them better through these episodes been is just always awesome and uh no exception in uh with you so thank you so much i appreciate it thanks dode and thanks freddie i think you guys are doing an incredible job with the podcast and keep it going i can't wait for episode 69 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well we'll see if we get that far hopefully we do <clears throat> fred any closing thoughts for you for slim no i just want to thank him for the great fun stories and we'll see you around on thug pro and in a little over a month we'll see you on one plus two sounds great thanks awesome all right slim we're just going to introduce our next guest you're welcome to drop off if you'd like uh off the call or if you want to hang out that's fine too i'll listen in all right, sounds good. All right, cool. So we have uh, coming up our next guest. Um, we are pleased to going to be welcoming. Pleased to going to be welcoming. Let me say that again. <laughs> On Sunday, <laughs> August 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern, as kind of has been our thing, uh, for episode number 34, we are pleased to welcome to the podcast Thug. And that's Thug with two Gs. Uh, Thug from the Fun Clan. <clears throat> Thug is credited as being the first to discover three texts used in modern gameplay. Fighting BHRA and Air Butt Slap. ABS, as well as FOPs, which are thug hops. Uh, he further had an influence in finding in the findings of regular hops as well. Most of this was all during what we're now calling the Dark Ages of the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater franchise from 20, uh, t uh, 2010 to 2012. Uh, he's always looking to find even more new techniques. Most recently, he participated in the Baltimore Improv Competition, and he took second place. Uh, he's been a member of the Fun Clan since its birth in 2009. His Tony Hawk career started on Thug 1 in 2004 on PS2, and he has always been interested in all play styles, such as uh, improvs, transfers, King of the Hill, Capture the Flag, Whoring, and Tagging. Uh, he's further been in the eight-team transfer videos with all the Fun Clan. We're stoked to have him on the podcast and look forward to talking with him more on August 9th. Freddie, excited about Thug? Do you know Thug real well? So that's going to be uh, another great episode when you talk about 
people that have innovated so many techs in this community, you think of names like Sama, but Thug is right there with him, discovering all these great techs that are used today. And uh, it's going to be really interesting taking a look at his Tony Hawk career. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'm stoked uh, to talk to him and, and get to know him better. Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool. So good stuff. Great episode. We appreciate Slim's time. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you again for the support. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the love. And uh, we will see you guys again on August 9th uh, for Thug. Thank <laughs> you.